Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. Well, well, well. If it isn't yourself, what's going on? It is myself, Keith Walsh here. It is the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah, you understand correctly. Uh, I'm upstairs in my special room with my special dog friend at my feet. Hello, Charlie. He's just looking up at me. Hi, Charlie. Just saying hello. I don't have anything for you. It's okay. You can go back to doing whatever you were doing. Um, I have the door open of my special room and not everybody's gone to bed yet, so the family are still up. If you can hear a bit of whistling in the background, that's my son, Finn, trying to perfect his whistling technique. He's getting quite good at it. And uh, my wife is downstairs, probably waiting for the news to come on. It's seven minutes to nine o'clock. It is the 19th of the 10th, so that's the 19th day of October 2020. That's the day. That's the date. To keep reminding myself. And it looks like we're just about to go into... Well, I was going to say second lockdown for Kildare. It's third lockdown. And it seems like it's going to be pretty serious, like a level five lockdown. Level five means it's kind of level five, but it's level five with the schools open. Uh, Level five means pretty much everything is closed except uh, like places of (laughs) necessary places, shops. Uh, place to get food, that kind of thing. So that means, I think, clothes shops, um, restaurants had been closed anyway, bars had been closed anyway, but even restaurants to take away, I, I don't even think you can call in to take away, uh, but you can get deliveries. I'm still not quite sure about what it all means. Anyway, we're going into level five lockdown, which is supposed to be the most severe. I don't know if there's a level six. And uh, we're all just waiting for the government to make the announcement. I'm upstairs recording this when I should be downstairs watching the news. Uh, of course, it means for the if we go into lockdown for a few for a few weeks, for it'll be the guts of November anyway. So it means the play, the tour is off. Definitely all the November dates. It looks like they're off. I mean, I'll know more. I'm saying that now, but I, maybe I shouldn't. I'm presuming. Because either way, for theatre to operate, it has to go all the way down to level two, and that's definitely not going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So 
and uh, I would need time in a theater to get ready. So it looks like it's not going to happen or some of the dates aren't going to happen. But fingers crossed, you never know, miracles happen and uh, we'll keep praying, keep lighting the candles and keep uh, praying to uh, our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, whoever, whoever you pray to. I don't mind. Oh, and it's like it's a bit of a kick in the bollocks, isn't it? Excuse my language. There is some bad language on these podcasts, by the way. F- FYI. But yeah, I feel a little bit deflated and, ups- and a-, a bit sad and a bit upset. But that's good because... Uh, I used to be the type of person who would just be like, grand, yeah, whatever, whatever's happened is happening. Didn't put too much effort or thought into things and didn't get too upset about them either. So it's good that I'm upset, you know, I know it sounds weird, but I'm enjoying being sad about something that I'm going to, something not happening that I'm going to miss and be upset about. So there you go, That's, that's where I'm at. Um, but lots of people are disappointed. I was even talking to my daughter, and she this is her last year playing minor football. And you know, when you're in your last year of minor football, that's your year. You know, that's your big year because you're the right age. You're the oldest, and you know you look forward to that. And she's not going to get a play to play it, which is sad. and I was. I think she's kind of okay with it because she's got the leave insert, and it takes a little bit of pressure off. You know, she can focus on that but I I feel emotional now just talking about it that she's going to miss out but uh, c'est la vie uh, and there are absolutely absolutely worse things that could be happening to us right now so we will thank our lucky stars but uh, if you've got any jobs go and give us a shout thanks great perfect Um, yeah that's it for me I won't ramble on too much in the intro today because I have a very special guest lined up and I met this guy when I was recording a television show called, um, a call, it wasn't a, te- a television show called, it was a television show and it was the St. Patrick's Festival Highlights show, which I did a couple of years, a few years in a row for RT. And uh, I met this guy, he's a poet. I suppose people would call him a, a street poet. He's, he's just a poet. He's just a guy who spits rhymes, man. Uh, but he's a very cool guy. And uh, he is nice. He is intelligent. He is sympathetic. He talks about his own mental health issues. And, and even when I say that, I talk about your own mental health issues, everybody has mental health he 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 shares some of his struggles. He's just he, he doesn't. He's just honest about it, like we all should be. It makes life a lot easier. Um, and it says here uh, on his on his website about just so I get it official, you know. So I say exactly some of his poems that you might have come across include "My Ireland." Uh, he's appeared on uh, other voices. He has uh, other poems called "Collectively Counting," "The Gardener," "Dublin," uh, "Dublin You Are." Yeah, you might know that one. Uh, My Ireland was the one he he performed on stage for that TV show. I was doing the highlights of the St Patrick's Weekend Festival. 
and uh, yeah, he's um, it was lovely to get him. It was lovely that he agreed to do it. To be honest with you, TBF. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, Stephen J. Smith is a Dublin poet and playwright, central to the rise of the vibrant spoken word scene in Ireland today. That's all I need to say. Enjoy it. Uh, we had a good chat about uh, about actually. <laughs> The very start of this is uh, very apt for today, the day we find ourselves in and the predicament we find ourselves in when we we might be just about to go into lockdown again and we're all facing uh, losing out on work and potential money that could potentially pay our mortgage and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good, it's an apt start. And we talked about everything from poetry to mental health to keep on, keeping on, keeping on. Keeping on, keeping on. <laughs> keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah. And First Fortnight Festival, which he uh, volunteers for, with, and helps out a lot. So, yeah, enjoy. It is Dublin poet Stephen James Smith. It is episode, I'm going to say 14 of the Keith Walsh podcast, but it could be 13. Who knows? Who cares? Enjoy. What are you doing? Oh, fucking just, I don't know, trying to get through this shit, Keith. Um, you know, uh, I'm optimistic, but I've, I've, I've had a few speed bumps. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's the same for everybody, you know, um, but I've, yeah, I, I've got a bit of work on now, thankfully, and I need work and goals to to keep me going um if i don't i can get a little bit you know flaccid <laughs> shall we say for want of a better term oh, it's a great word it's a great it's a great way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> that won't make it in hopefully <laughs> it's in it's all in it's all in <laughs> it's hard to get anyone as well oh, sorry we won't go there <laughs> no but, but 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 it is i was just talking to my my i'm a little bit late sorry but but i was chatting to my wife and and you know when you start having when you have to go somewhere and you're like you're but she, but you start having this quite meaningful conversation about you know you know ask me was i okay and are you all right and you seem a little bit on edge and you know and i was trying to sit with no i just need to go and do but i was trying to have the conversation with her anyway but but it is that thing and flaccid is, is a good word because it's like i'm trying to keep my i'm trying to keep it up all the time <laughs> I, I'm, try, I'm trying to keep make sure I have I have it hard for, uh, <laughs> and it's hard to do that. It's, it's very hard to do that. that at our age as well, <laughs> especially at our age. Uh, you know, and I I even gave up the drink uh, yeah. a while ago, so I, there's no excuses. Um, <laughs> so, thanks very much for for agreeing to talk to me. Uh, no you're very, you're very. Um, you're very self-effacing and uh, you're, you, because you were a bit like, you weren't sure about doing, are you not sure in general about doing interviews or, or <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> no, nothing to do with you. I mean, I don't know, what have I got to say? You know, uh, I, 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 I worry or wonder, do people think or expect more of me? Um, it's taken me a while to settle into the title of poet, and but that that sort of brings with it uh, a certain 
potentially a certain gravitas that people might expect you to be wiser than you are. And I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. Um, like on occasions I get asked to go on TV and stuff like that as well. I'm like, what the fuck do I know? Why would you have me on? Um, so I tend to say no. But I guess the reason I said yes to you, when I've met you, I've always got a good vibe off you. Um, you know, so I felt like this was just more of a conversation between a fairly easy going chat. That's that's what I'm hoping. Unless, of course, you're going to grill me. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe. Hang on a second. All right, <laughs> those questions. <laughs> no, I just like look, the idea behind the podcast, and I and I keep I keep sort of trying to reassure people is that if I figure out what it is, I want to have real conversations with real people about real life. Nothing, no tricky questions. You know, just how are you getting on? What's the story? How, okay. are, you, how are you feeling? And, and it's all that kind of stuff. And I'm particularly interested in you because I've met you a couple of times and I was just struck by, by you as a person. I'm very interested in the fact that you're a poet and I'm, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a failed poet, but like I'd love to be able to write poetry or I'd love to be more into it. Or I'd, lo- I'd love, like even... I just love to read it more often. I, I started listening to Frank Skinner's How to Read Poetry podcast. I don't know if you've come across it uh, as, as a way in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's kind of a way in for me. And I've written the odd poem recently. So I'm starting to sort of uh, get somewhere. I'm not trying to be a poet as in, you know, like you. I'm just trying. I just feel like it's something I'd like to do for myself. So, I'm, so personally, I'm fascinated, but I also think other people would be interested. Can you tell me how, well, just tell me, uh, just because not, just for people that don't know, uh, where, where did you grow up and, and what was your childhood like? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. <laughs> um, shit, you, you I, shit, I feel like you've got a hard question for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, or, or just an observation. You mentioned maybe, I don't know, how, when people here that started this conversation but about me being self-effacing um the fact that you're creating and you're you're engaging with poetry and you're writing poetry it makes you a poet um and you you see so you're, you're doing you're in that journey and i think sometimes there can be a mysticism around poetry which in some ways i welcome but in other ways it is an art form for everybody um, and I, 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 people should be welcomed into it. And once you have a pen and paper, or, or these days a smartphone, you can be a poet. So, so don't set up that barrier for yourself already. Um, and like you, you're saying, like me, whatever, what, who the fuck am I? I'm just a chancer who, 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 who wrote a few things and how, how I followed the trail that has led me talking to you it's led me to to have some nice experiences not with an agenda as to where i want to go to you know uh, so everybody whatever creative form they they choose to engage with or maybe have a fear or 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 a trepidation and taking their first steps just go for it because you don't know where it will end up um, and it shouldn't really be about this be about this end point it's like about the process it's always like when i start writing a poem i don't know where it's going to end really you know, I might have a bit of a structural idea, or whatever, but I don't really know the structure or, or sorry, the, the end point until I've gotten there. So you've started your journey 
by engaging, by listening to podcasts, by doing your own writing. So you're a poet. And nobody can say otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, that's my okay, open cool. gambit. No, it's the same for, any, for everybody listening. Um, but me and background. Um, so I, I'm from Dublin. Uh, I am 38 now. I grew up um, in between Knockline initially and then moved to Tala. Um, I've actually moved back to Tala uh, a few years ago, a couple, 18 months ago, actually, back to my mum, as it happens, which is a bit of embarrassing going back there as a 38 year old man. Um, it sort of needs most, I'm trying to, to save to, to flee the nest once and for all. Uh, hopefully, I'll be gone soon. Um, COVID has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works for that. Uh, background, I'm an only child, um, so I don't know, people with their psychology degrees will put me in some sort of box maybe around that, but uh, I, I wasn't necessarily spoilt, uh, I don't think I was, I sort of had a job since I was 14, um, doing, doing things, and um, parents separated when I was quite young, so I guess there was a certain responsibility on me to, to pull my way around the house, which which of course I've no problem with. Um, and uh, yeah, so like, I, I, I didn't, wasn't necessarily interested in poetry. Um, as it happens, uh, as a young person, when I was in school, I was better at construction studies and physics and things like this. That, that was more where I gravitated towards. Uh, and it was only in transition year where, where I learned to play a little bit of guitar. I got interested then in in trying to write songs and expressing myself. And, and you mentioned earlier on, you're, you're maybe a failed poet. I, I would say I'm a failed musician. So I'm really lucky that I get to collaborate with different musicians all the time. And I, I love that. And I feel that it helps to, to elevate what I voice to, to a different realm. So I, I treasure those, those experiences. Um, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent now, but yeah. No, so like, no, that's, that's Dublin, You know, Dublin Tala. Uh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose it's it, it's interesting to, you know, I think that you're the first of a sort of a generation of, uh, I'm going to say wordsmiths slash poets from, from Dublin who write in and speak with their own voices. Um, and I don't think, it's not like you kind of did it as, it's like, it's like the, it's like the beat poets, I suppose. It wasn't like, it's not like Kerouac knew that he was part of a movement or whatever. It was just whatever was, he just grew up where he was grew up, growing up and he just took whatever drugs he took and he just wrote the way he wrote it. <laughs> and, and suddenly there was a few lads at it at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just interested in where, like you started with Transition Year with the, with the music. What was your first, what was your first poem that you performed for people and what effect did it have on you? Okay, so um, the first time I performed the poem was in Ratmines in, uh, what's that pub? Slattery's, Slattery's Ratmines. It was a Tuesday night and there was an open mic, a music open mic. And I went there the previous week with a friend of mine and he was amazing. I didn't know him that long, brilliant musician, Niall James Holohan. And I went back the following week uh, and I decided I might try and sing a song or, and I did a poem. And I was absolutely terrified. 
never had any ambition to, to, to be a performer. I was really just doing it to challenge myself, to scare myself. And I kind of couldn't stop smiling for a couple of days afterwards for having overcome that obstacle, as it were. Um, and it seemed to go relatively well in the room. Uh, then from that, I heard about a poetry night. It was in a place called Spy Bar along on Eden Key. I think it's a strip club now, as it happens. It was, it was, it was an Indian restaurant. And Similar. A few, a few guys. Yeah, <laughs> revelations, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar. The life of a stripper and the life of a poet in Dublin very similar, you know, there's a lot of revealing going on. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of <laughs> stripping away of layers. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of acting as well, you could anyway, yeah. There's a fair but, bit of uh, performing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up going there, uh, just because I'm quite a curious person, I'd go, I'd pretty much go anywhere. Um, and uh, as a result of going to this poetry night, I sort of, I, I got to, chat and relate to other poets that were my own age but then from different different backgrounds also and it was just lovely to hear the live art form it's for me it's an oral art form I'm, I'm dyslexic so maybe that's why I was quite it took quite a while in getting a book out and and, and, and maybe was hesitant sharing my words whereas I, I felt I could hear them um, so I, I just absolutely loved it I was kind of accepted and encouraged by other people um, and in some ways, just to kind of go back to what you said there about like being part of a generation, I feel uh, that would nearly do a disservice, uh, or nearly, or it would uh, do a disservice to, to, to those that, that were before, because I think social media has definitely helped um, to connect people uh, and people from my generation to, to utilize that as a platform. Um, and because I mean, for as far as back before that happened, there was always poets in different bars that would would burst out and recite. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm I've been thirty eight, and I, the first time I went to a poetry I was about twenty one, and I'm sure it was happening before that, obviously. Um, but I just think that that the likes of MySpace going back that far helped to connect us and to to share stuff and things to go, for want of a better term, viral online. Um, but that doesn't mean to suggest it wasn't happening and the real stuff there wasn't happening in, in these basements and still is by people that don't want that that line, not that I'm chasing the line, like, but you know, that that just do it really. Uh, yeah, sorry to, to, to rebuttal you there or whatever the word is. No, 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 I, I'm, I'm interested in, 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 in yeah, that's, you're, you're, you're dead right. And, um, so, so was there was there a period in your life where you were working a job and then you were oh, going yeah. to poetry nights and you were what was that what was that time like was that is that like because sometimes and I'm not saying that your life is is I'm not saying uh, like like any of us like none of us have kind of made it or but but I mean like was there a, was there a, was there a golden period where you were just like loving it like loving the poetry nights working during the day you know. Yeah. Was, was there an ideal kind of sweet spot? Yeah, like I remember Brogan's Bar uh, on Dame Street there in the basement every Tuesday. There was a brilliant, nice writing recite. And I, I, I would go there every single week and I'd have something new to share. And, you know, you'd be inspired by other people. And there was a real sense of camaraderie. And I absolutely loved that. And, and I said, no, no expectations as to where it would take me. And, and that was freeing. Um, like I'm self-employed now uh, six years come January 
um, as as a, as a poet. But there's a, there's other strands where I do educational stuff. I do some copywriting voiceovers. You know, you need a few irons in the fire, like to, to be a full time poet is a bit of an oxymoron in and of itself. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've worked all sorts of jobs. I've worked in building sites, I've worked in bars, sales jobs, um, NGOs, all sorts of different things. And then I got the chance to go back to college as a mature student in 2010, 2011, something like that. And when I graduated from college, I then decided, like, what am I going to do? And I said, I want to I give this a go. I've been self-employed. I'm not great at taking direction, Keith. I don't like having a boss. Um, so being my own boss seemed to make sense and it's a struggle, but it's also, I enjoy the entrepreneurial nature of it. Um, so like, yeah, going back to, I guess it was a golden period where not that I have expectations, but I feel there's expectations on me now, which, which, you know, is, is, um, is an honor, but then in, in a weird way, it can create a sense of paralysis and inertia around what I write because, uh, you know, if you're asked to write something for, for somebody or for an organization, which which is always an honor, um, that, you know, I nearly feel like there's somebody standing behind me when I'm writing that thing, and and it's harder to enter that flow state. Um, now, look at what was me, you know, I'm very privileged to, to, to be in that position and to be asked, and so I don't mean to be given out about it, but it's just a different negotiation that, I, that goes on in my own brain when I'm doing those things, um, you know, and... Uh, yeah. But also, like, and and I've said, I've I've noticed because I've I've interviewed a few people, and I've noticed that what we do is we 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 say how we feel about something, and then we immediately say, oh, you know, not that I'm not that I'm complaining, uh, you know, <laughs> because because you know my point is that everything is is relative, and everything is that's real for you. It's you know, but but, but I would have said it working in radio and like feeling fucking really fucking stressed out and not really enjoying it, but feeling like I had to tell everybody it was great, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if I was to say anything that it wasn't great, I'd be like, well, no, it's not like I have to dig holes every day or, or not down the mines. Yeah. But it's relative. It's re- and, and, and I think that the, the, the thing that I'm finding interesting in talking to all these different people from all these different walks of life and, and, uh, and different industries and different, um, you know, people trying to make it a living in different ways is that, uh, you know, we're just, everybody has their struggle and it's all real to them and it's all relative, you know? Um, and that's why I kind of say, you know, you, like for you or for anybody, like, you know, we should, we should feel free to say it is a struggle um, because like there's been times in my life where I thought, well, it would just be much easier for me to do X, Y, and Z rather than do this. Uh, I, I feel like I'm the wrong person for this, for, for this life, you know, for this type of life. And my, my wife would often joke at me and say, would you not just get a job in Woody's? Because, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you, you, you know, you look at other people and you think, I'd love to be as free and easy as that lad. He just works for himself and he does a bit of writing and he does a bit of this and he does a bit of performing. He does a bit, but nobody, it's not like that for anybody. No, no, not at all. I mean, I guess you're in the public eye a bit, Keith, and that um, presents challenges in around how you present yourself online and whatnot. And, uh, and, and like uh, to, to a lesser extent, I, 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 I would experience that, um, and it, it, I, I don't like that game. 
my my ideal situation would be to just be able to write exactly what I want to write and for 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 people to hopefully come and pay, like pay to see me doing gigs that's my ideal um and not to have to worry about all that bollocks of the online stuff but it, it it's it's um it's a way of disseminating and, and helping people to engage with your art. And, and also, I, I know you do too, try and use it as a platform to share other people's art, that, you know, and, and the rising tide of salt boats, that sort of a thing. Um, but that part of the game doesn't really appeal to me, but maybe it's a necessary evil. Um, again, woe was me. Like, I, I potentially could get a job in Woody's. I've worked on hardware before, you know. Um, but I, I do prefer what I do. Uh, and I, I, I feel very lucky to do what I do. And um, so that's just a, a byproduct of, of, of this game, um, you know. But uh, I, 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 I said, the reason I came on is because I like how, how when, when I met you away from cameras or, or, or the microphones, you just struck me as being a fucking decent human. You know, so I was like, well, I don't mind having a conversation with a decent human. And you reached out to me before about the writing and stuff like that, you know. So I, I knew that there was a, a genuine grow there. Um, so, yeah. I should, I, I should say I should say that I, I probably couldn't get a job in Woody's because uh, <laughs> there's a couple of lads working on our bathroom at the moment and they needed a piece of two by one. And <laughs> the, the, the amount of explaining they had to do to get me to... <laughs> To get me to the hardware store to buy a, a length of wood, and, <laughs> and and even then I came back with the wrong fucking thing, and the disappointment in their faces. And I was like, I, I was like, I, I I said to him, I said, oh, I, I I got the piece of wood right, but it wasn't. It was supposed to be plain, and it wasn't plain or whatever. And I said, oh, you you'll train me up yet. And he <laughs> he said in his clear accent, no, I don't think I fucking will. <laughs> I don't think I fucking ever will train you all. <laughs> You're a lost cause. So uh, that's, that, I don't think I don't think I'll be getting calluses on my hands anytime for doing any <laughs> manual work. And I worked with my brother as a painter for a little while. I think I lasted a day and a half, and I just said, "Look, I'm going home." Yeah. Um, well, maybe you're in your elements. It's not that. What, what? What was that? Oh God, I can't remember his name. He passed away recently. That English lad. Uh, Robert, no, it's gone. Anyway, he, there's, a, there's, a, there's a TED talk, something about finding your element. Um, and I, it would appear to me that that's where you found your groove. Um, and and I, I think, I hope I found my elements. I feel in my elements when I'm trying to create things and trying to connect with people, you know. Uh, have you got it there? I'm just looking for it now. But um, yeah, I, I, like that's exactly what I want to, because I think... Uh, you're going to be faster than me now looking this up, aren't you? <laughs> Ken, Ken Robinson. Ken That's Robinson. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Finding your passion changes everything. I think that I'm, and the reason I started this podcast is I was. I've been doing. I've been doing commercial radio for most of my my career, my life. You know, for twenty yeah. year, twenty years. My first breakfast show I started, and I got. I was getting paid from when my daughter was just born. She's nineteen. She's almost, she's almost 18 now, better not get that wrong. Um, and I've always worked in commercial radio and I've always done that. And it's only now that I've recently said I've finished up with 2FM and I've taken a leap where I've gotten rid of the safety net and yeah. I'm going, okay, let's just see how I can manage what I think I could do or what I think yeah. might, might be a better lane for me, you know, and, and, and make me happier. So I'm just kind of on the 
on the cusp of that and and that's why I'm interested in talking to people like you because I, it's like uh, how the <laughs> how the fuck does does all this work and you know I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just curious you know uh, so I, may I ask you a question then yeah um when you were on the national broadcaster did 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 you feel that would compromise and you would curtail what you would like to say as a result of that being the commercial radio? Not really, because I, okay. I, I felt, and, and I'll just I'll answer that, I'm not disagreeing with you, but, but that wasn't a thing. It was more that, like, so I started going to a therapist about a year ago. Okay. And he said to me, what, what are you into? Do you do any writing? And I said, well, I've done a bit of writing, but I don't, like, I used to write sketches or I used to write comedy or I used to write this, and I, but I don't really do that anymore. And he was like, well, he started telling me, he encouraged me to use the writing to help me with my therapy, to, to unblock me, to get, to get in touch with my emotions. So, you know, so, so all of these things. So I was kind of, I suppose I was, I was going through life at a level here that it was all manageable and everything was grand, but I wasn't really, I wasn't really experiencing anything. Like, like I'd be, I have a lovely wife and two kids and I'd, I'd be with them and they'd be having a great time laughing or, you know, yeah. throw their heads back laughing. And I'd be like, I just don't feel part of it. I don't, not that I didn't feel part of it, but I didn't have that. I wanted that emotion. I wanted to really cry or I wanted to really laugh or I wanted to. And so, so I wasn't really, it wasn't curtailing my, this energy that I had. And I really wanted to tell the world and I wanted, you know, to get politicians on the radio and tell them to, you know, sort their shit out and give them, you know, break their, bust their balls. I just, <laughs> I, I was just going, I was just coasting. I was just doing what, what I thought other people expected of me. Yeah. So, so sort of a year down the line, I'm going. What do you want to do, Keith? And I'm shaking yeah. myself, and I'm going. Well, you know, you, 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 you can decide what you want to do, and you can try it. So, so I'm in that process of trying to, you know, at, at my tender age, my tender age, my late age, and maybe it's a midlife crisis, you know. But I'm trying to fashion out a living from doing just what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's if that does that answer your question? It wasn't like I felt held back, and I had yeah. to say certain things or speak in a certain way i just wasn't being myself i don't think for a long time okay yeah so you you you, you, you were in a comfort zone almost yes i was yeah and it was a job that and it might as well have been going some lad going into woodies and not enjoying his job a lot of the time because i didn't feel i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that you know and and they i'm I'm sure they probably see some of the the benefits of what you do but then there, there is that that aspect as well where it can become almost monotonous uh like i i feel you know uh again come back you're privileged to be asked the right things or like i might get asked to do the odd voiceover and then i wonder is that am i compromising myself uh in that process um and 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 like my my ideal would be that i wouldn't need to be relying on them but then again like we all have to fucking feed ourselves. So there, there ha- like we, and we all compromise ourselves in different ways. Now I've just said no to some organizations I wouldn't agree with. Um, but it's definitely, it's, it's hard to, when, when you consider that the money for some of those commercial things is significantly more than I would be offered for a gig uh, or to just do what exactly what I want to do. And um, I'm, I'm trying to negotiate that, um, you know, to remain true to myself, but also to be able to afford to live, you know, uh, and being what is essentially, you know, an entrepreneur, you know, being self-employed, 
um, you're faced with those challenges all the time. And again, I embrace it. I do, I do like to, you need to have a certain faith in the gods, as it were, that, that something will come your way. And it generally does. Um, like I was looking down the barrel of a gun nearly a few months ago with this COVID thing, like it's totally fucked me over. You know, I've had essentially 50 gigs cancelled. Uh, due to my first European tour in the spring, I was having to do, I was due to be doing my national Irish tour in November. So like, that's all gone. And then a whole host of other things. But thankfully, because I can do some copywriting and other bits that other work has come on, um, that, as I say, bizarrely enough, would, would probably pay me more than, than, than I'd be getting for those gigs. Now, we give it all back in a heartbeat to have had the experience. I've never been to Vienna before. I was due to be in Vienna for five days, Berlin, Paris, Italy, you know, places I've been to Paris, but some places I've never been to before. Um, but yeah, you just, I just had to keep the, keep the faith. Maybe a bit cliche, but, but, but um, thankfully the work has come. Yeah, and I suppose there is, I mean, I am starting to think about, the, the, I, so, I, so I was in touch with you a few months ago, it was before lockdown, actually it was probably the end of last year, I was writing a bit and I was writing stories and I wanted to find a place where I could read my stories out loud to people and just to see what the reaction was, yeah. just, you know, um, and you were very helpful and it brought me on to, uh I think I did one sort of short story I wrote and I read it out in front of people and it got a good laugh. Like as in, I wrote it to get a good laugh. That was the reaction yeah, I yeah. wanted. So, so it seemed to work. It wasn't, they weren't just laughing at me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so I, I have since written a, a one man show, a, a play, you know, and I was due to perform it half, uh, the, the work in progress. So it was like, the, so June Fest is a festival here in Newbridge and I live in Newbridge, Galair. And I was due to perform the, the work in progress, so half the play directed, you know, in front of an audience, and then kind of get mm -hmm. a bit of feedback about, and then and then finish it sort of with the audience's help, you know. Uh, I ended up doing it on on camera, and people watched it online, and it, it was it had it was a different it was a different beast, it was a different machine, but I'd never really performed like that in front of a live audience anyway, so in front of yeah. camera was was fine. Um, yeah. But the but and you mentioned process as well, and I've become fascinated with with the process of things. I've become fascinated with uh, manifesting something from like a sheet of paper and a pen, right? You sheet of paper and a pen, and you write something down, and the next thing you know, as, as you would have been, you're in Vienna. <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just words that you've written down. You've put letters after other letters, and then the, the words, and then the, you put them in order. And it's and people like the sound of it, and they yeah. like the way you say it. Next thing you're in Vienna, and people are paying to see it. And <laughs> I just, I, I just became like it was like a light going off in my head. I was going, and, and it's a stupid thing to say. I'm 47 years of age. I've written, I've worked in radio. I've I have written sketches, I've written things, but now it, it seems to mean something different to me. I'm like, I, I was just, I was going, we was just, you know, with the show, we, we put it on, 4,000 people watched it online. I was like, yeah. you know, there was cameras, there was, there was a set, there was a director, there was people invested. Like, I didn't get paid for it because it was just a, a I, I wanted, I, I was doing it to prove to myself mm -hmm. and to people that it, it, it was good. But we manifested this kind of gig for everybody and, you know, the, yeah. The cameramen were getting paid, and the lighting man was getting paid, and the theatre were getting something out of it, and people were watching something on a Saturday night. But you didn't get paid. 
I didn't get this. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a whole other debate, Keith, because like, it's funny. It, te- it tends to be the artists that are the people that are paid last. And if it wasn't for the artists creating the thing from a piece of blank page, there'd be fucking none of those gigs. <laughs> but, but at the time, I, I, was, I was employed by RT and I was, get, I, I was on a sat, like I was getting a, a monthly amount of money. Yeah, and, you know, so I know. Like, I, I'm not uh, saying money is a be-all, and, and no, money but, is and it shouldn't be about that. But there, hey, if there it was are. Now, if it was now, I'd be getting. I'd be getting <laughs> <laughs> but that that also brings us back, like I said earlier on. I don't I, like if you have a pen and paper, you're a poet, and and I I I don't in some ways don't like the mystique that's shrouded around poetry. But then in other ways, there is that promise to the page and to creativity that you have to acknowledge that brings you to Vienna or brings you to the situation where 4,000 people are tuning in to watch you sharing something, the vulnerability that you had in that moment and got something out of it. And, and they've had an experience from that. And then that's got the chance to have more legs to be developed to bring you to Vienna or wherever the fuck you want to go. Like that's the mystique. Uh, and that's the promise that we have make to the art and to the gods or whatever the you know the the muse from Parnassus you know whatever it is um that's the beauty in what we do we need to remain true to that I'm like yeah money can enter into it and you need to to get remunerated in some ways but ultimately that's the magic you know yeah and it's just uh, around that time I've been speaking to some artists and I, I interviewed this sculpture for a TV thing, and uh, it was a, it was a fluff piece for for uh, the Today Show with 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 uh, uh, um, fucking can't even remember I can't even remember the presenter's name. The Today Show on RT with Maura and Dahi, and I was doing this yeah. kind of fluff piece about this this artist, this sculpture. But for some reason, like it's it was only whatever I was going through myself, like this light had gone out. So I was just watching this man build this. He was like I could see. I know this sounds stupid, but I could see him just, it was bits of clay. He was putting a bit of clay on top of another bit of clay, another, you know, and, and then it was just like, it's this, you know, famous sculpture that he had made, you know, he did the, he did the Richard Harris in Limerick, you know, he was this guy, okay. you know, and I could yeah. see it, I could, but I could see him, I could see him, there was his workshop and we met him early in the morning, he lives out in the middle of nowhere in Clare and I could see him having his cup of tea and then leaving the kitchen and walking to his workshop and just tipping away, tipping away, tipping away. My problem was always that I wanted, I didn't want, I didn't want the shitty work in progress. I wanted to get to a point where I had something brilliant without having to put the work in. And also the fear of it not being brilliant without me putting the work in was putting me off even fucking starting in yeah, the first place. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a mind fuck really. Uh, well, you have to do the work. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, and, and, and this is the thing that I'm trying to get across to people is the process, the work, the, uh, it does take work. And, and I think for, I'm trying to get it across because if other people realize that, well, Stephen James Smith puts a lot of effort and work in. He doesn't, he's, he's not, he's not this kid who just grew and just was able to just like sit down and go, right, here's 12 poems that I've just written. I'm going to perform them. This is a craft. This is a, a process. This is, he, he works hard at this. And I think for other people like me to see that it would give me great comfort. I think, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are moments where just the inspiration will strike and, it, you know, they nearly come out fully formed. But that's probably 
like because I've thought about whatever I whatever I want to write about for quite a while and maybe just somebody says something to me, a little line, I'm like, that's what I needed to, 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 to unearth the poem. Um, but I mean, so today, for example, uh, I, have a, I have a couple of commissions on sort of copywriting sort of poetry type jobs. So one is for the Puka Festival, which took place last year for the first time. It obviously can't take place this year. So they want me to do a bit of a voiceover thing for it. And there's going to be a spectacle of fire um fire artists i don't know what the what the term is for them uh and it'll be beautifully shot uh but i was reading about the puka you know and, and like from 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 starting there i ended up on donnie darko um, because you know the the, the the big rabbit uh, and then i'm looking at the etymology of rabbits and and you know so it's weird i ended up about an hour and a half just on a, on a spiral for that to, to, probably reading far too much for what will essentially be about three or 400 words. Um, and I've probably written down about two. Th Just the, the process that I do before for a commission piece. And then you're trying to distill all that down to get, to get, um, to get some sort of a message across for, for, for an organization um, in this case. Um, yeah, that's, that's where you go. And I'm also trying to work on a play had this idea for quite a while and um, I, I'm, I'm in contact with Fish Amble Theatre Company who I love, like Pat Kinnaman's play Silent is my favourite play of all time and they've done work with loads of other amazing artists like Eva O'Connor and, 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 and Mags and different people so um, I'm hoping to work with them on, on, on a one-man show myself as it happens I've applied for art well they have applied thankfully on my behalf because I'm shy at filling out those forms it's a whole other art in and of itself um, but I, I, I'm sure I'll probably work on it anyway but it would be nice to get a bit of support uh, to get that over the line yeah brilliant, brilliant. that terrifies me as it happens but I'm also drawn to what terrifies me um, you know, to, to try and carry a show by myself. Like, I mean, I have, to, I do that with my gigs, but it, it's a slightly different process being in character, um, you know. Yeah, but, and that's the, that's the thing. That's kind of like, like, I actually, I studied drama years ago and then left college, just didn't do anything with it. So now it's like me doing the show is my first time in 20 odd, 25 years you know, performing really in front of people and, and one man shows, but it's that thing that I, I really want to do this and, I, and I've written it and, it and I think it's really good, but I'm also terrified about and that, like the, we have to start rehearsing in a couple of weeks and there's a few bits I have to finish and I'm like procrastinating like fuck, I just need to sit down and do it. It's, it's not even yeah. that much. The bulk of it is done, but for some reason I'm, I'm struggling with it. And also it's like, a, it was part of me hoping, you know, it won't happen. You know, that there'll be some sort of, I don't know, a global pandemic or something, you know, <laughs> um, for something crazy. You know, I feel a deadline really, I, 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 that works for me. No pressure, no diamonds and, and having to turn something around. Like I'll, I'll sit in something for quite a long time for sure and overread and overwrite. And then it's like, oh, I have to deliver this for today and it gets done. So you, you, you may well be similar. Uh, but if you're scared by it, that, that, that's where you should be going. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, you're obviously well used to performing, like you know, being on the radio and holding people's attention. But um, and if you've, done, you've got the background in it, you know, that's exciting. That's really exciting for you. Fair play. Yeah, yeah look, it's good. It's and I tell you what, it was. It, it's timely because of because with COVID happening and 
and uh, not being terribly interested in, in what was going on radio wise and then and then I had this kind of to work on it was a real focus for me so it was, it was great and that's but but uh but but yeah just just fascinated with 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 the process and and, and somebody I I I hadn't really seen it with an artist before. I was talking to a painter and he was kind of describing it as like, you know, because when you see the finished painting, you know, you're, you're seeing the end product. Mm-hmm. But there's so much enjoyment for an artist in, in all the work that goes into the end product. And all, almost like sometimes the end product is, is, for painters especially, that's like, well, I'm done with that now. That's for someone else to enjoy, you know? Slightly different for you because you're going to perform it. Hopefully, you know. Yeah, there's some poems I nearly would would retire, as it were, or or if I'm saying them and if they don't resonate with me in the same way, I don't think I should be saying them um, anymore. Like I remember being a body and soul. God, if only it was there again this year. <laughs> but it maybe about three years ago, and I had this poem. Um, Kind of for an ex of mine. It's not explicitly about her, but um, she's mentioned within it. And uh, I, uh, somebody, bizarrely enough, somebody requested it. <laughs> you get requested posts, but so I, I did it. People shouting up, going, "Say something! <laughs> say something! We all know my Dublin, my Dublin." Like, just do my Dublin again. <laughs> I know that 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 poem's nearly a blessing and a curse. It sort of opened up doors for me, and I nearly can't top it. Uh, which is uh, it's an albatross around my neck or something. Uh, but I'm 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 also grateful to have having written it. But when I when I finished this poem uh, that day, I was just like, oh, I'm over that person, and uh, it just didn't resonate. It didn't. I don't think I've said it since. Um, so yeah, kind of re- retired the poem, and that poem, Dublin, Dublin, you are. I may well, who knows? I might get to a point where where I'm done with that. Um, but it's hard. It is the one that's requested the most. <laughs> and in saying that, then do you think that there's a, like it's a, it, this is a it, it, it's a kind of a do you find the writing helps you sort shit out? I mean, I know what, I know I know what the answer is, but. But do you, yeah. can you can you have can you be in a funk uh, and feeling a bit shit and then sort of write your way out of it? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, coming back to saying I, when I was sixteen, learned to play a bit of guitar and, and trying to write a few songs. Uh, again, no, no ambition at that point to to try and perform in front of people. It, that was for me to sort out my own angst, um, and it, 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 it pretty much always has been. Um, so if I wasn't, if I don't create for a while, I get angsty, you know, and I, 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 there's something up with me if I haven't created for a while. And then when I do with such a pressure, pressure valve release, beg your pardon, excuse me, um, burping here to get that out. I literally end my burp. It's well and truly out now. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, look at, I, 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 you know, Keith, I, Poetry, it sounds really corny. Poetry saved my life. Um, of what you, you can see, uh, obviously, I'm, the background there is dignity. I'm, I'm currently in First Fortnight. And, um, so it's a mental health arts festival um, slash organization that I've been volunteering with for about nine years. Um, so this coming January, I, I'm, I'm currently organizing five events for the, for the festival. So 
gathering different poets and musicians uh, to perform with that, which, which is great that they trust me to, to put on those shows for them. It's only a small part of the whole festival, but uh, part of the reason why I volunteer with them is because my own mental health um, hasn't been normal or whatever terminology. I should probably have better terminology considering I volunteer with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the lingo is always moving on. Yeah. Uh, but look, no, I rest like, um, and, and uh, if it wasn't for art, I, I wouldn't have been able, I essentially wrote my way out of that. Um, and it's the curiosity of the blank page that, that keeps me going and the curiosity of what's next that keeps me going in life. Um, and if that was taken away, it would probably be in a much darker place. So poetry and creativity and has saved me, really has. It might seem corny, but it's the absolute truth. I don't know if I'd be still on this planet if it wasn't for it, you know? Mm, I get that. And, and one of the things, one of the other things I'm trying to do um, is, is talk about therapy and how certain things have helped me like writing things down and trying to get other, trying to get other, especially men. And I don't want to like ex talk exclusively about men because you know, it's men and women, but, but for some reason, well, not really actually men and women, we, we, and especially Irish, uh, there's a certain, I think there's an age, uh, there's a, there's a glut of, we, we just, we're just not good at dealing with our shit, you know? Um, and we don't like to try, we don't like to feel like we have to deal with it. it, it we prefer to brush it under the carpet. The people that we, we might reach out to would prefer that we just didn't deal with this. Uh, we, you know, I don't know whether it's an Irish thing that you don't speak of things that happen behind closed doors outside of the house. So everything becomes a secret, you know? Yeah. And like I've, off, I've felt... I felt that it's the keeping of the secrets and, and, and trying to suppress our traumas or shit that happened to us. Like a trauma for somebody can be like coming around the corner in your estate and a massive Alsatian sort of, you know, barking at you, you know, out of nowhere, not doing any damage. But that can be something that if you don't, if you don't turn, if, if you're a, 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 at a certain age and you don't get to talk to an adult or somebody else about that incident properly and it isn't like dealt with in the proper way, that can become a trauma for you. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about, and then you can have everything up to domestic abuse and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and I think Ireland is a, you know, we, we are, we are a traumatized nation. Yeah. Um, and we have been passing our trauma on from generation to generation and just not fucking dealing with it and not going, hang on a second, because nobody wants you to, Nobody wants you to, it's embarrassing if you start talking about your mental health or the fact that you're fucked up or the fact that something happened to you when you were 10 or 11 or 12 mm -hmm. and you really need to fucking talk about it now. Mm -hmm. You know, people, the tendency is to say, you don't be bringing that up, that, you'll just make it worse. Yeah. I really think that, and, and obviously you've been doing a lot of work with First Fortnight and, and getting the message out there. Um, I just really want people to start recognizing the men especially to, to just start talking to each other yeah. and feel like it's okay you know and, and that, you're yeah. not look, that you're not looking for sympathy you know that kind of attitude you know i think the stigma has been reduced but it, it, there, there is probably a, a generational um an intergenerational issue there maybe for people of our generation who wouldn't really talk about it as, as openly and at the risk of being really pessimistic um I, like I'm optimistic in many ways in terms of what I have in my life, but I think with the pandemic uh, and as of the, after the last recession, 
there's going to be a spike in suicidality. Um, and I think that's, if not happening already, it's, it's, it's coming down the line, uh, which really concerns me. And I believe women attempt more often than men, but men tend to be more violent. So actually follow through. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're in a recession and it's going to get worse. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't mean to be really pessimistic, but no, it's, yeah. it's, it's the reality. Just about being um, honest. So I, I, I'm really concerned for people around that. And I think that's all the more important that we have some sort of sense of community and empathy towards each other and be able to talk about it. Um, you know, like, as I say, I've definitely been in those dark places before, thankfully able to get myself out. I'd say, I know it was, it was uh, 2007 and 2015 were, the, were, were, were my toughest years. Uh, and I guess I got to learn a little bit about myself looking into that abyss. Um, but uh, I, I am worried, I guess, now for, for the nation and globally. Look, there's going there's, there's to be an increase you know, in, in domestic violence um, and what that leads to. And it's, it's, it's quite alarming. So that's why First Fortnight is all the more important and, and conversations like this and, and people being able to reach out. And I just think have an empathy for... For, for your fellow human um, is really important. And like, as you say, being on the radio or, or people's perceptions of what it is online and social media, what we do, sir, we can have a laugh. I'm not saying we should be, you know, bringing it down all the time, but th there's also a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Sorry, going on one. No, no, that's exactly what, I mean, that's the thing that, and, and I, I had a chat with online with, my therapist, a guy called Luke that I go to see and, and with the lockdown happened, I just did a few sort of Instagram lives for people just to talk about what people should be looking out for and stuff. And, you know, his main, I was kind of dancing around saying, oh, we should be, and he said, the, he said, we need to try and get as many people through this alive as possible from, yeah. from, from one end of this thing to the other. And he said that the most important part of that is for, you know, especially people in charge like adults or whatever to just genuinely listen mm -hmm. don't try and fix just listen you know because i was saying what would i do if someone had it and he said you just just fucking listen to them you know yeah and, and obviously then if, if you need if you need extra help if they're if they're if, if they're saying something that you feel needs extra attention then you go to you know the next level or you ring a therapist or you yeah, get in touch know, with what say, but a problem shared is a problem halved you know it, it does make a difference um so I'm lucky that I've got a, a core group of friends that I can have those conversations with and, and, and they have me if needs be. Sometimes it's hard to, to broach those conversations and you can potentially bother it up, but they, they normally know you well enough to, to, to tell you to cut the fuck on and to, to have that conversation, you know? So, yeah. And there's a group in Dublin I sometimes uh, sometimes meet up called the Dublin Boys Club. I don't oh, know yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't been. Yeah. You should come along for a walk and... Uh, yeah, they, they're just, it's just, just lads only. And, uh, it's not like lads only you'd expect, you know, um, it's lads only and the conversations can only be about yourself. So can all, all, all every sentence has to start with me and I, and, all right. and not, did you see, or, you know, what about your man or what it, it has to be like, you know, and in, in a way, in a way, just trying to, you don't have to talk at all if you don't want, you know, you can There's just no walk. deflecting. You know, yeah. and no banter, no kind of like you know, you don't really, 
want to get into talking about Liverpool or Manchester United. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. trying trying to really think about what you would actually like to talk about and what's on your mind and what you want. You know, oh, sincerity, sincerity, yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 we just and, and they just go for walks in, in Glendalough, and you know, you could be on a hike for three hours and just with a bunch of lads and uh, mm. halfway have a few sandwiches, and a cup of tea, and just chatting about whatever, or just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that kind of thing is really helpful, you know. Um, yeah, that's great. Just to get like like-minded people together. Um, do do you, what do you do then when you feel? I mean, you you write. Are you, are you? What other sort of tools do you have available if you're stressed or if you're feeling if you're feeling like things are getting on top? Is it talking and writing? Are they your main tools? Uh, walking as well. I like to walk. Like, so before uh, chatting to you there, I had a walk around town for about an hour. I have a little route that I like to take. Um, so I'm, I'm conscious of the, the benefit of walking. Um, for me, um, sometimes like, I'll just watch some shite as well on the TV. Um, you know, like there's no harm and not everything has to be deep and meaningful. You can, you can, you can switch off the brain there's no harm in having that chewing gum for the brain, as it were, you know, or watch Ozark or whatever it is. Or actually, I'm really enjoying uh, Parts Unknown, Anthony Bourdain's uh, series, which unfortunately I only found out about after his passing, uh, which makes it all the more poignant when I watch it. But uh, I really, I find that entertaining, informative, and also it's about 40 minutes long. So you're not having to commit too much of your brain towards it. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, I should yeah. check that out. I've seen, I've seen it there, and and and, and it's gone. I must start watching that at some point. It's absolutely brilliant. It really is. He's just like you're talking about having trying to have real conversations. He, what you see is what you get with them. Uh, and he, he, what I like as well is he, you know, he's going to amazing places, but he doesn't always. In fact, more often than not, he doesn't go to the fanciest of places. Like so, if, if he'll go to the periphery, and it's a bit edgy. So you, you, I guess you're, you feel you're getting a more authentic, you know, kind of experience uh, and insight into wherever he goes. Now again, obviously it's constructed, it's for TV, but um, yeah, I, I, I really, I really gravitated towards that. So having through six episodes, six series of it, um, right. you know, and then all, another thing, actually speaking about men and talking and all that, at the start of lockdown, I'd never seen The Sopranos. I committed to that, so I watched. I think there's 86 episodes. I watched them all in about three weeks, which is, I think, works out at about three or four a day, which is ridiculous. But at the same time, what the fuck else was I going to be doing? Um, and it's a, it, that's amazing TV. I really enjoyed that. I mean, what a, what a, what a standout performance there from um, James Gandolfini and, and the rest of the cast. Incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I like the way you said uh, you, you like to sort of chill out by watching Ozark, and I was going mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most stress stress inducing TV there is just you know just to give people fair warning you will be watching it kind of through your fingers a little bit but it's absolutely brilliant. well I guess the danger is these days as well we tend to have multi multi displays or you know uh, so I, I, I'm half on that and I'm half on probably shouldn't be but on Twitter or some other crap you know um, yeah no it's, it's stressful but it's, it's, it's pretty good <laughs> Uh, I watched. I started watching the fall as well, which I found really, really difficult to watch, but very, very, very good. Great TV as well. Um, yeah, I think I, you've given me loads of your time, and I'm really grateful. So thank you very much. Uh, best of luck with the first fortnight stuff. 
Thank you. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to get involved in it myself. So, uh, yeah, it gives a shout. I mean, we're it's at the the program's kind of done nearly, um, but that doesn't mean to suggest we couldn't even facilitate a podcast. Not that it's my call. I'm only a lowly volunteer. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's an important festival. Like it's, it said, it's gone ten years this January, and it, they they don't just do the festival. So the, the idea of first four nights, the first two weeks of January, because the first two weeks of January tend to be the most difficult time of the year for most people. You know, you've you've probably drank too much over Christmas. You've dealt with family you don't want to deal with. You've put on weight. You've spent money. It's it's a dark time of the year. It's it's tough. So that's why they put it on to try and have events for people to engage with and to to reduce mental health stigma. But on top of that, they work with the homeless community. Uh, they have they have creative arts helpers work with the homeless community, and then they also recently have a, a sister project now called Minding Creative Minds. So they have uh, mental health. Uh, they have therapists that work with uh, people in the music industry. Um, and the hope is that that will eventually be rolled out to people within the whole creative sector uh, if they can get some more funding for that. So they do really amazing, tangible work as well as putting on pretty cool events. So yeah, check them out. Yeah, definitely. And, and if you're listening to this, I don't know when this is going to go out or when you're listening to this, but uh, definitely First Fortnight is a festival definitely worth uh, supporting and checking out. And just even... I remember, I, I think I remember when it started, I was working on a radio station called Phantom and I, we interviewed a musician and it could have been So I Watch You From Afar. That could have been the band, I think. But it was just it was just this tiny, fat, I think it might have been the first year and they were just saying, yeah, this, yeah. the first two weeks in January, the hardest and we're just going to put on a few gigs and a few bits and pieces just to give people a reason to leave the house and you know something yeah. to look, look forward to. And, and this, this young lad, this guitar player from a band was in talking about his mental health and I just thought, man, that's absolutely brilliant, you know. And just to see how see how much it's how much it's grown, you know. Yeah, we 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 were in seventeen counties across the island last year, and close to two hundred events. Um, you know, we had big plans for 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 this coming January, with um, with the tenth anniversary, but COVID has has altered those plans, alters everybody's plans, but it'll still be it'll still be brilliant, you know. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, best of luck with it, and thanks for chatting to me, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And My pleasure. Best of luck with this as well, yourself, Keith, and keep on writing the poems. I will, uh, yeah. I'll be DMing you every now and then going. That's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Annoying you. Annoying. Our listeners will, will engage with poetry, and, um, you know, there's many poets out there amongst us. We, we don't all have uh, elbow patches and, 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 and just write about trees on hills. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but there, there's definitely, uh, it's worth checking out. Like, there's an amazing uh, group of, of people that I really respect and respond to. Um, and I, sh- I share their stuff on my social media regularly enough. But uh, if, even if you go onto the Poetry Art website, I'm sure you'll find out some information there. Or, you know, the Dublin Fringe Festival just happened. They tend to have some spoken word plays as well. Um, but some people were looking up would be Felicia Olasanya or Philly Speaks, Natalia O'Flaherty, um, Emma Kirwan, John Cummins, uh, to name but a few. Uh, they they could be the gateway drugs into 
your poetry addiction. That's a terrible way to end. What the fuck did I say that for? Perfect. For no gateway. Anyway, I said that anyway. There it makes go. sense to me. I'm looking for gateway, <laughs> gateway poetry drugs. <laughs> it brings us nicely around. You know, we started talking about Jack Kerouac and his love of drugs, and we finished off talking about uh, gateway, <laughs> oh, God. poetry gateway drugs. Perfect. Yeah. So poetic. So poetic. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go, man. Thank yeah, you very much. And mind Love yourself. That. Good talking to you. Good luck. Phil. Sure. <laughs> you all good then? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That's there you have it. That was uh, the brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Stephen James Smith. Uh, if you can, follow him on his social medias and go to his website and keep an eye on him and support him in whatever way you can because he is, you know, I'm not going to say like national treasure because I think he'd punch me in the face if I said something like that. But um, he's got uh, a Patreon so you can become a patron. Go to stephenjamesmith.com uh, or you can go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash S-J-S-Words, so S-J-S-Words. Um, and uh, yeah, there it is there. In 2017, he was commissioned by St. Patrick's Festival to write a new poem as a cel- celebratory, celebratory <laughs> narrative of Ireland. The resultant piece, My Ireland, is accompanied by a short film by director Miles O'Reilly, arranged and mixed by Conor O'Brien Villagers, with music by Colm Mokanimara, Loa, Saint Sister, Ethna Nikohan, uh, Inike, and Ye Vagabonds. It's been viewed over 300,000 times online and was screened at the London Film Festival in Trafalgar Square, March 17. The poem was in many ways a follow-up uh, on a follow-on from Smith's previous poetry video, Dublin You Are which itself clocked in excess of 250,000 views. So poetry is cool, people, and it is popular, and people do like it. And as I said, if you want to support him financially, uh, in any way you can, uh, he's on Patreon. And uh, there you go, yeah. StephenJamesSmith.com for all the deets. Thanks very much, Stephen James Smith. I have to go downstairs now because the news is on, and I was shouting down to my family, uh asking them what was going on. It looks like we're, we've moved into level five lockdown. Uh, I'm going to go downstairs now and find out what the details are. Uh, as always, if you have any questions about the podcast, anything you want to know, anything you want to contribute, if you've got a good story you want to share, if you, there's a guest you think I should try and get on, if you'd like to be a guest, give me a good reason why, uh, any of that kind of stuff, any complaints, send them all in uh, to keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com and uh, I will read them and get back to you. So be good, be safe. Uh, You might be listening to this in 2021, and hopefully all this lockdown nonsense will be over, hopefully. Uh, If you're listening to it, you know, in a couple of days or tonight or tomorrow morning, mind yourself and mind each other and be nice and wear a mask and do your best to uh, obey the, the guidelines. I was going to say the laws, but I don't think there are laws. But I think they were looking at introducing uh, some fines, 250 euro fine if you're in somewhere. If you're going somewhere, you shouldn't be going, etc., etc. Anyway, good luck. Thanks for listening, as always. It was episode 14. I was almost right at the start of the Keith Walsh podcast. You go, go. I just, just, I just need to say goodbye. I don't know what, I don't know what I was even going to say. You go, go. What? You go mind yourself now. You go on. 
you fuck off <laughs> and and mind yourself and I'll just say goodbye I'll just sit here saying goodbye you can turn off your machine I'll be here for another five minutes trying to say goodbye <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 